Welcome to Eskenzi PR's podcast, where we share pearls of wisdom on PR and cybersecurity. Hello, I'm Lucy Harvey, and welcome to the Eskenzi PR podcast. Today, we are going to be discussing one of the themes which has been running through this year's European Cyber Awareness Month on how to make your home a safe haven for online safety. And joining us in the studio today, we have Hitesh Kargathra, Lead Security Consultant from Phalanx Group, and Mike McLaughlin, Head of Assess, who is also from Phalanx Group. Hi, Mike. Hi, Hitesh. And thank you for joining us in the studio today. No problem at all. Um, so, with so many internet-enabled devices being brought into the home today, it's no wonder that they are, um, they've become such a huge target for cyber criminals. Um, so, first of all, can you just tell us what are the risks with using internet-enabled devices within the home? Absolutely. Um, with, with internet-connected devices, there's, there's, there's always the risk because you are um, uh, essentially sending data out of your network. Um, it really depends how those devices are configured, and, and there's lots of things you can do around that, which um, we'll probably cover later. Um, but, the, but the risks are losing that data. So if you have a, a, a webcam, for example, that is internet-enabled, maybe watching your children in bed or watching your front door that you can access remotely, there is always the chance that someone else can access that remotely as well and see the same same image. Yeah, I think I think Mike touches on an important point there. So there's, there's the security aspect, and there's obviously the the privacy aspect, and considering, you know, what information that that device is collecting and potentially sending out to, you know, the device manufacturer into the cloud. Um, and I think another area that's quite important that people don't always consider is the kind of availability of the devices. Mm. I think just last week we saw, I think it was a Yale um, IoT devices, their their alarm systems. Uh, their service went down at the back end and no one's alarms worked on their homes. So uh, that, that's quite an important thing to consider as well. Mm, interesting. Okay. Um, and so, so how do attackers get access to these devices? How do they compromise them? Is it just because they're now internet enabled they have a, a kind of way to get in? Not, not necessarily, I don't think. Um, ju just being internet enabled doesn't necessarily mean that there's any any security risk with the device. Um, there are lots of lots of ways to to break into these kind of systems. Um, for example, leaning back on the um, Yale devices, um, these devices are obviously a lot of them are fitted to your front door. But a few of them have been found to have problems with um, the Bluetooth implementations and, and things like that. So you can actually hack them locally as well as trying to get access to them remotely as well via the Internet. Yeah, I think there's, there's obviously the, the attack directly on that device, but also if you attack the service that kind of supports that, that device itself, you, you've potentially got access to a number of other people's devices as well. So if you break that back end... Um, there's potentially a, lot, a lot larger issue there. I think you know you find a lot of kind of attacks that go on. It's 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 the people, attackers are going for kind of low hanging fruit. So they're doing kind of scans of the internet, looking for devices with default passwords and things like that, uh, and kind of hitting those. So you know if you if you can do the basics to, to protect your devices, you know you start to raise the bar a little bit and you, you present yourself as less of a target. 
Absolutely. I think, um, was it last year, there was, there was a batch of um, children's toys, dolls and, and things like that that were internet-enabled that the back-end systems were, were compromised and uh, basically the, the toys had, had recorded children's voices and names and all that data was sent to the back-end, which, which the consumer themselves can't really control. Um, they've obviously bought the device, they're putting the trust in the manufacturer that where the data is going, it's secured. Um, and that company had a breach. So there's, there's, there's two players in the game, really, isn't there? There's a, the, the consumer themselves and also the manufacturers of the products. Yeah. So manufacturers, so, um, so I mean, uh, the consumers should kind of follow good, like, password hygiene and mm. things like this, but the manufacturers should also be playing their part to make sure that when they're, they're putting these devices out on the market, they are completely safe. Um, was that the case that they should? What, I mean, what else can the manufacturers be doing to ensure they're secure before they are put on the market? I, without sounding cynical, I think I think it all comes down to money, doesn't it? Um, it does. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the thing. Last week, um, the kind of Department for Digital Culture, Media, and, and Sports uh, they put out a code of practice for consumer IoT security which kind of presents a number of requirements that they expect kind of manufacturers and, and service providers of IoT devices to comply with. Uh, it's, not, it's not law, it's purely guidelines, so it's a, a fairly soft approach at the moment, but it does kind of touch on some, some of the basics, like ensuring that you know, devices are not shipped with default passwords, um, that the you know, software is regularly updated. So, I mean, I've got IoT, IoT devices at home which can be updated, but just never have been because the manufacturer just hasn't bothered. So you know, it's a, it's a bit of a wild west at the moment with with IoT devices. I think you you need to do a bit of research before you, you purchase them to understand if if you're you know because you're not just purchasing purchasing the product, you're purchasing that service. Mm -hmm. So if that manufacturer is just selling you a cheap product, but then he's not willing to invest in ongoing service, then you know you, you've got a bit of a challenge there. Absolutely. My, my personal opinion is manufacturers could be doing a lot more. Um, but again, as, as it comes down to money, if you're buying a, an internet-connected I don't know, internet toothbrush or something like that for, for £25, um, then th there isn't a lot of wiggle room in, to get security into that device. Um, I'm not sure what attackers would do with your toothbrushing information, but maybe there is something. <laughs> So it was recently announced that California is introducing new legislation in 2020 um, which says that IoT devices won't be able to be marketed or sold um, with default passwords or easy-to-guess passwords. Do you think that similar laws should be introduced to the UK and to other countries? Do you think that would be a, a good step? I, yeah, I actually think the intention of these guidelines is, is kind of the first step along the way. I think they want to introduce guidelines first, um, and then they'll probably will start to look at legislation. I think later on down the road. Yeah, I, I, I think and any anything that can f um, force manufacturers away from static default passwords or, or easily guessed passwords can only be a good thing. Mm -hmm. And what can consumers do? So, um, so obviously the manufacturers have got. 
um, well, they've got quite a way to go. Um, but what can consumers do in the meantime to make sure that the devices that they are using are secure? What's the kind of basics that they can follow? So I think, I mean, it, to be honest, the, in, in many respects, it's it's in the manufacturer's core in terms of providing a facility to the consumers. But there's, you know, you've got to look at the device itself and actually securing that with, you know, things like a strong password, uh, things like that, and also looking at your your actual environment at home as well, and seeing what kind of security you have around that, as you know, within within your within your home. So making sure you you've you've set up your your security appropriately. You know, do your research on, on the products that you're buying to make sure you're actually getting a, a good quality product. You know, if you go for the really cheap IoT devices, as I said, you, you might be in a position where you get a, a nice functioning product, but it never gets updated. So when, when there is a vulnerability, it's never actually fixed. Um, and one of the most basic things is, you know, kind of turn it off if you're not using it. You know, you're not, not going to attack it if it's turned off. So, you know, there's, there's, there's the basic things as well. And what about the default passwords? Do they just update them as soon as possible? Definitely, yeah. I mean, just, you know, out of the box. You know, the, the guidance is obviously talking about not having a default password at all, which means that when it's shipped, I mean, a lot of routers come that way now. You'd have a, a almost like a unique password for every device. But with a lot of IoT devices, the default password is the same across every device you buy off the shelf. So I think they're trying to change that. And yeah, it's definitely good practice as soon as you get a new device to actually you know, enforce it and put a good password on that. And also to avoid reusing that password anywhere else as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, changing, changing your default password on, on any device should be the first, first step before even using the service or, or, or whatever, whatever the device is, is meant to be doing. Check the instruction manual and, and make sure you change the default passwords. Yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably add that you know you, you need to consider what uh, devices you're actually buying because I mean, in you know, the case of the Yale alarm system, obviously that that was to some people uh, an essential service, and when it went down, there was there was no no recourse for them. Um, so you know, buying things like your putting your heating systems on with you know smart thermostats or or door locks, you've got to consider that if that goes down, what's what's your option? So you know, it, are you happy to put those on? If, if your lights don't turn on, then you know it's not not always the worst thing. Or if someone else comes and attacks you and is turning your lights on yeah. off, it's you know it's not the worst thing. But if someone can open your front door or disable your alarm, that's a, a more significant issue. Okay, that's been very interesting. And finally, um, just for our listeners, um, I wonder if you could both provide one golden piece of cybersecurity advice um, for consumers um, to use their internet-enabled devices safely in the home. Um, so, Hitesh, do you want to go first? Yeah, I think my biggest piece of advice is really to do your research um, on, on what you're buying and make sure you're, you're going with a, a product which is going to get that level of support going forward. Um, you, may, you may pay a little bit more for it, but you're, you're paying not just for the product, but for that ongoing service. Okay, fantastic. And Mike, um, what would your goal and piece of advice be? Um, uh, yeah, it, it's kind of 
protecting your own your own network. So as we mentioned before, changing your default passwords, making sure you've got a firewall on your home network, um, and again to reiterate what Hitesh said, understanding what the product is and what you are what you are buying. Okay, fantastic. Well, I found that um, very interesting and very helpful, and I'm sure our listeners will too. Um, so thank you both very much for joining us today. And, um, and yes, we'll be back again with another podcast um, to coincide with European Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Okay, thank you. <laughs>